Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me on this show is Andre Van Heerden, who is here to talk about building Airbnb for Bitcoiners. Now, uh, excuse my croaky voice. I have just spent the last two days at the Lugano Plan B conference talking to as many plebs as I possibly could. Always great to meet new people and old people who I've known for a long time and just never met in real life. Big shout out to RDBTC. Great to get to hang out and uh, after all these years, man. Uh, and I hope, I know this was your first conference and I hope to see you at many more. And that is a shill for any conferences coming up, guys, because these are life-changing events for many people. If you can get out there and meet the plebs in real life, have these conversations, build these networks. There's so much going on behind the scenes. You definitely want to be a part of it. Listening to these panels, the initiatives that are being put together. Uh, Giacomo is going to be doing something very special with uh, with Plan B, uh, Lugano, and uh, an educational network hub. So look out for more news coming out about that soon. Hopefully I'll have him on the show to, uh, to talk about that too. Uh, on with this show, because Andre's been building in the bear market. That's what they're there to do. And uh, I want to make sure that you guys are uh, up to speed with uh, with his project because I think this unlocks travel opportunities and cit- citadel opportunities around the world for Bitcoiners and their families. Uh, before we get into the show, please make sure you're showing support to the show sponsors who have been supporting this show for a long time now. Swan in the US, you can stack sats with Swan Bitcoin, smash buy or set up your dollar cost average, which is the most recommended way for newbies to acquire Bitcoin. In Europe, you can do that with Relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H. Big announcement just dropped this weekend. They've integrated Lightning. That is rolling out, so Relay is getting better and stronger all of the time. Both of these both of these companies have strong educational resources and a handheld white glove service. If you want to stack KYC-free sats, you can use HODL, HODL. Get over to the link in the show notes. Use that link, sign up, you will save on commissions. They're a global peer-to-peer trading and lending platform. If you want to learn more about privacy and uh, look into coin joining, use Wasabi Wallet or at least go and download and look around their website. WasabiWallet.io brought to you by uh, CEO Max Hillebrand and the team over there at uh, ZK Snacks doing incredible work in the space. And they've got big announcements coming up soon as well. There's so much going on. I, I can't tell you guys what's going on in the background. There's so much exciting stuff. Uh, what? Where do we go from there? Cold storage. Get yourself a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. That's what you need to uh, use to get a, uh, a a complete and utter grip and total control over your Bitcoin. Not your keys, not your coins. Make sure you are taking self-custody. Hit that link in the show notes. Use the code BITTEN at checkout and you will save 5%. And then use mempool.space just to go and poke around the Bitcoin blockchain. What's in the mempool? What is a time chain? What are the current fees? Use it as an educational resource as well to orange pull your family. Get over to mempool.space. They also have enterprise solutions as well. So reach out to the team. And finally, download Orange Pill app and make sure you've got your tickets booked for Bitcoin Atlantis. Enjoy this rip with Andre. Andre, we're recording. Good to see you, brother. Great. Nice to be here, Daniel. Yeah, well... It's been a long time coming because, uh, well, why don't you explain to the listeners how uh, how we first got to meet each other and um, hang out on Zoom calls? <laughs> yeah, d- during COVID, um, we were both on Cypherdeen's group and um, ended up being uh, the place that every- everyone couldn't wait to, to, to for the two, two hours every week to see each other and to talk about all the nonsense going on in the world. So... Yeah, we met each other there and um, started, uh, I, I suppose you as well, met quite a couple of friends there and started personal messaging each other and um, joining conversations um, outside of the group as well. 
but yeah, that uh, kept us sane during the during the crazy times of 2001, 2002. It certainly did, man. And I wonder, I often wonder, like, you know, we're going to look back at this in like 20, 30 years and, you know, Save's going to be... A, it, Save's going to become what he becomes, right? With his books, he's going to become very, very, very well revered. I'm sure within uh, many um, deep thinking circles, and we'll always have that two years where we we signed up to his course, and it cost us like a hundred bucks. It was so ridiculously cheap, and we all got to hang out and talk about. Uh, it, it become like almost a, uh, a a therapy session rather than listening to, um, you know, the, the latest, uh, greatest thoughts of um, deep economic impacts. But using, using that time to really delve into what was going on and have safe unravel it for us, what I thought was, um, I mean, it, just, it was perfect timing in a way uh, because all of a sudden, bam, UBI comes out, right? And uh, I remember after one of the lectures, one week, we all just got down the, the rabbit hole of UBI. And for those of us that were still trying to unravel all of this stuff, all this economic stuff in our in our minds, to have safe turn around and say, this is why it's a bad idea, was so clarifying. Yeah, and the same with the, with the COVID um, vaccine. I mm -hmm. think I probably would have been um, forced or, or coerced into taking it if it wasn't for that group. Um, just uh, the... And also the... Um, general critical thinking and being um, critical of mainstream media, the government, and w once it once it opens up for you, um, it's quite, quite liberating in, in your, it changed my entire life. I remember, I remember actually that when that first started coming up about the vaccine, and we were all still kind of gingerly, nobody really wanted to come out and talk about it at the beginning on the calls. But it was on everybody's minds, clearly. And I can't remember yeah. who asked, but somebody asked Safe directly, what do you think about this vaccine? And I remember the first time he's like, um, I don't want to talk about it publicly. But then two or three weeks later, he was ripping into it. He couldn't stop. And um, everybody else, that kind of lifted the lid off everybody else's thoughts. And we're like, yeah, guys, this is like really freaking bad idea right now. Like seriously bad idea. There is nothing here that makes any sense at all and like you i needed that kind of outlet that 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 place to go and feel safe having these discussions because everything around me at the time was saying the complete opposite yes yeah that that and then i have to say um tom woods show as well um I remember he made a, a, a keynote at uh, the Mises Institute, like a 34, I think it was something, the ridiculous COVID hysteria or something like that it was called. And I mean, we discussed that in detail and it um, um, on, in the group as well. But that that really, I think that was like the first time that someone really came out and spoke up against all the ridiculous things during COVID, um, not just the vaccine, but, you know, the lockdowns and the mosques and all that stuff. Yeah. It's great how we found these little tribes. I know it's happened to other people out there as well. Bitcoiners, um, this wasn't the only call I had going on. I had a, a call on a, on a Monday and a Thursday with SAFE and then on a Sunday night with the 21ism crew and then a different night with uh, a bunch of um, people that... Uh, had just put together like a WhatsApp group and we would meet on Zoom and it was so damn important. But um, yeah, this one was uh, was very special just purely because of the fact that we got to, you know, experience that that course as well at the same time. Um, yeah. And, and you know, shoot these ideas off of, off of safety. But uh, have, you, have you managed to meet many of the, uh, the people in real life on, uh, from that group? No, I actually, um, well, being from South Africa, I haven't actually met anyone <laughs> from the group, but I, um, it feels like I know, I mean, like you and a couple of other people on the, on the group um, almost feels like some of my best friends, but I, um, I, I haven't met anyone yet. I, I want to come to a conference or, um, in Europe or in the US soon. Um, and then next year, of course, there's a, the first ever Bitcoin conference in Cape Town in South Africa, which I will definitely be attending. 
um, my um, South African Bitcoin crew that I'm part of, um, the guys are organizing it really, really um, hardcore Bitcoiners. Yes, I heard about that one. And it's January, right? Yeah, it's. It, I think it's the 22nd to the 25th of January. Yeah. January. I'd love to have got there. Uh, I was invited down, but um, we, we are planning to be in Thailand in, in January. So it's, it's going to be an impossibility, unfortunately. But never been to Cape Town, really want to come. Never been to South Africa, really want to come. And so maybe we'll put that one on the list for January 2025, because I'm sure it's going to be a great success and just keep growing. And I love the fact that they picked January, right? That's brilliant because there's no other conferences in January that I'm aware of. Uh, and February is a bit barren as well. But then we have March. We're going to have Bitcoin Atlantis in Madeira. And then uh, April, I think um, Peter is going to, uh, I'm sure he's announced already. I don't think I'm overstepping any lines here, but Peter McCormack is going to have some kind of conference going on in Bedford at the football club. Uh, and then you're yeah, into awesome. then you're into real conference season May June July August. So, yeah. And this is where we're going to lead into your project uh, because I've I've tried to um, convince the family that we should go on another one to two year travel trip, like we did back when the kids were a lot younger. When we did it the first time, the kids were aged eight, six, and we had two three year old twins. And Lauren and Samuel were the three-year-olds. And sorry, Lauren's not present today. She's uh, busy upstairs. She's got some lessons and stuff going on. So she's unable to uh, come down and ask you a question. But... Uh, what a pity. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but so where I was going with this was I wanted to try and um, formalize a plan where we could travel to Bitcoin conference, to Bitcoin conference, to Bitcoin conference, because I think it's almost doable now to do a full year's travel and spend a month perhaps in each time uh, in each country and um, hook into the local community, get some educational experiences laid on for the kids, whether that's physical or theoretical, depending where you are. And um, you know, spend the two or three days at the conference, help with the conference in any way that I could, and then move on to the next one. And you seem to be solving the accommodation part of that. <laughs> So why don't you drop what, what you've been working on and, and what, the, what the hope is and the vision is? So um, the project is called AirBTC and um, it's been coming a long, a long time in my mind. Um, so, I mean, from the name, I, you can deduce that it's, it's Airbnb, but just for Bitcoiners. And um, a lot of people, when they first hear about it, um, the reaction is, but um, what, what if... Airbnb just starts accepting Bitcoin, then you're screwed. Um, but uh, I think um, um, just to clarify, so so this is a Bitcoin only project by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. So if if a company like uh, like Airbnb would start accepting Bitcoin, it will just be another another fiat on an off ramp. Um, and the, 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 there's already um, websites and, and projects out there that that allow you to do that. So you can you can pay um, on most websites with not only Bitcoin but with a, a lot of other um, cryptocurrencies as well. Um, but we are Bitcoin only, so we don't have a bank account in the fiat world. It's just buy Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. So. Um, that has a lot of challenges, but it also has a lot of um, advantages, um, not only for the project, but for the users as well. Um, we, I don't need to have a presence of our project in a country and a bank account in a country to be able to operate there. So I just have the website and anyone can come and upload their property and anyone can come and um, lease the property or rent it. And um, the, the house can be in Portugal and the, uh, the the guy that leases it, the property can be from China. And um, I don't know, need to have a presence in either of those two countries. And they also don't have to uh, uh, change currencies or anything like that. You can just use Bitcoin and, uh, for the transaction. So that has a, that has a, uh, that is the, according to, to me and, and uh, what, uh, the thing that is the, 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 the most beneficial for society um, that, that Bitcoin offers, um, just being able to transact with each other um, borderless. 
Mate, I love it. Right. Okay. So when when does it launch? And and how's it going to work? How are people going to be able to find it and and put the properties on and uh, yeah, all that good stuff. So- at this stage, we are in a beta testing mode where the site is functional. It's called airbtc.online. And um, so everything works, but there's still a few nits and glitches to, 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 to sort out. Um, and also the, 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 the site that we have at this stage is a minimum viable product that I pretty much punched together myself and a couple of other um, people that were working on the project. And in the background, we're working on a completely new site that'll be much better um, to replace this one, hopefully within the next month. So so for now, um, people can already go on and upload their properties and um, lease or rent uh, properties. Um, it, everything should be working fine, but just keep in mind that should there be a problem, um, uh, problems may arise and we're still testing and sorting, sorting everything out. Okay, so how, how do people then decide on um how does a pricing work you're still going to have to price it in some kind of form of fiat currency equivalent uh into bitcoin i'm assuming yes so that was one of the first problems that arose (laughs) because we're all um, student bitcoiners and i didn't want anything to do with fiat at all when i started um, the project so I started and putting, I didn't want the dollar or euro sign on, on the site at all. So I put um, all the pricing in sats. So, and then Bitcoin immediately went, went up to 30,000 and all the properties were all, all of a sudden uh, almost a third more expensive than when the hosts uploaded it. So then I realized, oh, shit, no, this, this isn't going to work <laughs> um, because um, then everyone will have to come and change the prices on the on the side the whole time so um for now um we just change everything to dollars um so the pricing is in dollars but then when you get to the payment gateway it changes it to to to, to bitcoin and you and you use bitcoin or, or lighting with network to pay in the future um what we're working on now is just uh, um um on the side it um it, it, it will st- when notes upload their property it'll still be denominated in us dollars but the, the display on the site will be sats and then that amount will change as the currency goes up and down compared oh. to bitcoin unfortunately at this stage i mean you would know a, um unit of accounts will is only the last stage of of adoption and i think we're still um practically it, it just doesn't work at this stage unfortunately right so you 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 have found a way so it, you know somebody can list the price in pounds per night for example but you will have yeah. something working in the background that is constantly looking at the exchange yes, charging rate and the, charging it to sats yeah okay yeah you don't ever want that to break i suppose otherwise <laughs> <laughs> someone's no. going to be uh they'll be trawling the sites looking for those uh, those times I've seen it a couple of times on Bitbo where all of a sudden it's just like a hockey stick up or a hockey stick down, um, you know, sterling compared to dollars. And there's this huge, what well, what looks like huge arbitrage opportunity. And you're like, huh? But no, it's just some kind of algorithm is broken in the background and, you know, it all gets fixed a little bit later on. But uh, all right. So let, let's walk through how this is going to work then. Uh, I have a property that I want to list, let's say. And I come to airbtc.online and it's just like an Airbnb experience. I just upload the pictures and a description you, of the house. Yeah. You just upload your pictures, description of the house and um, you um, add your Bitcoin address that you want to, um, the, the funds to be paid out to. Um, and then we will, uh, if, should someone um, lease the property or rent the property, you, um, the, the the payment will first come to us and then as soon as um, they approve that they enjoyed their stay um, you can just request a payout um, exactly the same as, as as other property listing sites like this yeah mate i love it how many people have shown interest so far what what's been the feedback well we have we've had a lot of feedback um a lot of positive and a lot of negative feedback um uh, some people are are really excited about it. We already have about uh, only f- we only have about forty five listings on the site um, from from all across the world at at this stage, um, and um, 
Yeah, the feedback has been positive and a lot of negative. <laughs> I've had some, I've had some comments on Twitter. People saying, um, "This is ridiculous. You're an idiot. It can never work. The community is too small." Um, oh, but um, I mean, yeah, it, nice, it nice have, positive. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does have some. It, but I mean, it, it uh, the the concept does have um, its advantages and its disadvantages. I'm, I'm not I'm not walking into this thinking it's gonna um, immediately be a huge success. Um, keeping our fees low, our um, expenses low. I'm, I'm trying to get this um, start small and um, build it for the for, for the long run. So, um, I mean, the, the, the challenges are, I mean, yes, the Bitcoin community at this stage quite big already, but um, it's extremely fractured across the world. I mean, mm-hmm. there's one or two people probably in every town, maybe a bit more in some towns. and. It, I can already see in the future we're going to have a lot of listings, but there isn't going to be a lot of a lot of uh, bookings, um, which will probably be a problem. Um, I mean, hosts will might not update their their um, properties because they get more 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 um, um, bookings from other sites. So um, that that might be a problem. So I'm planning on um, trying to to hook up with conferences and work around that. Um, yeah. And if you're familiar, um, Airbnb also started like that um, um, around conferences. So I want to um, partner up with the Bitcoin conferences around the world and have the people that attend the conferences use the site to to book their um, to book their accommodation in the area when they when they go there. So um, that would be um, my main marketing strategy going forward. So in that case. Uh... Would it be listing properties? Could people just list a spare bedroom as well, or are you like uh, a mix? Yeah. So at this stage, we we um, we don't discriminate. You can. Uh, there was one guy that listed a, a camping site on his property. <laughs> um, he's a Bitcoiner, and I just said, no, no, yeah, no problem. I mean, why not? Right. So we have a bit of everything. I mean, at this stage already, there's quite expensive, fancy houses. There's there's single rooms in people's houses um mostly apartments um but I'm, i mean i'm not going to discriminate and say some uh, someone or, or some form of property isn't allowed at this stage um, yeah all right so what what excites me i mean we've been home swapping for goodness knows how long ever since uh, 2014 in fact that's how we traveled we traveled the world home swapping and uh did that for two and a half years almost exclusively we had to rely on airbnb like two or three times um otherwise we were home swapping or house sitting right so this this idea of um a bitcoin home swap as well would be uh, uh, another another thing that people could even potentially start looking at as well um and i know yeah it's it's funny this isn't the first time this has been discussed because i started a telegram group which i uh, invited you to but I started that like two years ago and it just it just didn't go anywhere. And I bought um citadelswap.com uh as a as a URL. And then Andre Loja, who's in Madeira, who runs about 150 properties. That's you know his his main business on the island. What did he he bought hodliday.com, I think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he has almost 300 properties now that they're quite successful. 300. And it's got an awesome website and Madeira looks like a paradise to me. I really want to go and visit. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta uh, come down for the um well come up for you. Yeah, the uh the conference in uh in March, first of the third of March is gonna be uh very, very cool. But yeah, so somebody like him coming onto the site and saying, Bam, here's three hundred opportunities uh for, yeah. for the plebs to come. That's huge. That's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I can't, can't wait to have his properties um, listed. Um, and um, yeah, hopefully there's more Bitcoiners out there with um, with sites or, or more than one listing um, or um, hosting Airbnb properties at this stage <laughs> to um, that, that year this and maybe kind of they can contact me and um, we can have, their, have them list on the site. We'll get Sailor to yost some, yeah, list some of his yachts. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. To, just to see the price on those things. All right, man. Yeah. Well, well done. This uh, I can't wait for it to you know, come into fruition. And I think it's going to be a great success just as more and more people come 
online to to Bitcoin, they're going to be looking for, you know, these these opportunities to meet up with people. And we have this this idea of the social layer of Bitcoin taking over and uh, connecting people. We've got Orange Pill app, which is another perfect perfect plugin for Orange Pill app, right? You know, if you're meeting people on that app and then you want to go and visit and then you can go to airbtc.online and all right great well i've just found an apartment we're coming we're going to come for the conference or we're going to come and bring the family it's um it's a no-brainer as far as i'm concerned i can't imagine why those people on twitter were being so negative about it but there you go that's uh that's <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah, but, yeah. Our, our Airbnb does have a, a, a Orange Pill app account, and I'm active on there. Um, quite a few players have reached out and um, I chat to them actively on the on the on the app as well. So yeah, that's awesome. Oh, very cool. So let's um let's find out more about like your your past life, like your fiat life, because everybody loves a good old fashioned pleb story. How did you go from? fear andre to finding bitcoin andre to launching a bitcoin business andre i mean that's that's the hero's journey right there and something that many people themselves want to be able to achieve i, I you know, I, I think i've got an interesting um, background regarding regarding that i, I never shit coined um, <laughs> with, um in south africa i think like in South Africa, um, what happened is late 2016, beginning of 2017, um, the whole crypto thing hit South Africa like a whirlwind and, and mostly shitcoining combined with a little bit of Bitcoin. So all those scams, I almost want to say, came was the first time that it, all, any of us in South Africa, except some hardcore uh, crypto nerds, <laughs> heard of uh, cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. So um, a lot of people lost a lot of money um, during that 2017 crash. And even still in South Africa, um, it, when people hear the, the word Bitcoin, they just think cryptocurrency and they just see red lights, um, scam, scam, scam. It's it's people, other Bitcoiners on South Africa will um, will know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's quite infuriating. Um, if you if you if you're a Bitcoiner, they they always think you're a um, you're you're a, you're a scammer. But anyway, so I I always I also thought thought that, <laughs> and then um, in 2000, 2000, um, early two thousand and eighteen, um, I stumbled across because South Africa has um, stu student um, capital controls. There used to be a, quite a big arbitrage opportunity um, for Bitcoin in South Africa and overseas. So. In South Africa, Bitcoin traded that at that stage about like between a five and a seven percent premium to 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 Europe and the US. And um, my wife um, is into forex, so um, I said to her, um, "Listen, open an account and let's see if this works." It seems too good to be true. I mean, it could it be possible that I just pay my money over to the US, buy Bitcoin on a on a exchange there, send it here, sell it, and then make a five percent profit. That sounds too good to be true. So I started with a small amount and um lo and behold it worked. I five percent profit and did it again the next day and um ended up um like almost actively doing just that for about a year and a half. And wow. I made quite quite a <laughs> Quite a bit of a profit. I mean, not not great, huge in in in, in euro or dollar terms. But I, I mean, I managed to to stay alive, uh, and uh, but but just doing that. And then at one stage, I decided now, yes, I, I'm. Bitcoin has been so good to me. I'm, I should check to find out what the hell is going on here. And I was in a bookstore, and uh, the only book on cryptocurrencies that there was or on Bitcoin was the Bitcoin Standard. And that's where it started. I just randomly found it. I'd have never heard of Saifedean or anyone else before. Didn't have a Twitter account or anything. So I read the book and it like completely blew my mind. Same as I think that happens to a lot of people. And um, eventually I signed up to the course, met you guys. And that's the the, the principles of Austrian economics two course on the Saifedean's website is really what um, what got me. Um, I, I I became quite passionate about like the Bitcoin circular economy and building that out. Um, when the Fiat Ponzi eventually collapses, whether that be slowly or quickly, there needs to be something else that people can go to to 
to um, not to die of hunger in, when hyperinflation hits. And I think it's important for society in the world to to have that out um, available um, as as different countries experience hyperinflation. People have a, at least have the opportunity to use and buy and save in Bitcoin. And from Turkey and Argentina, this this stage, if you're uh, if you're Bitcoin didn't exist with their capital controls, all that stuff. It would be literally impossible for people to 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 to, to store their wealth. Now, at least, Bitcoin is already there for them to to help them. And I think that will will be the reality for for everyone, <laughs> whether that be during the next ten years or over the next thirty years. That's going to happen with all fiat currencies. And um, I think it's important to 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 have the Bitcoin economy strong um, for when that happens. And that's why I'm trying to do my part. Um, in 2000, I already came up with this idea of AirBTC two years ago, but I was th- I, I told it to everyone. I said, "Listen, here's this idea. Do it, do it, do it," <laughs> because uh, no one wanted to do it. So I decided, "Okay, now I'm going to do it myself," um, because I think it's important for it to be there. Um, and if we believe in Bitcoin and the Bitcoin circular economy, it's important to to uh, put your money where your mouth is. So it's going to be interesting to see if this works or not. Um, it's got a lot of challenges and a lot of um, um, possibilities. So I, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Oh, it'll work, mate. It'll work. Build it, they will come. When they come, they're Bitcoiners, right? And they'll they'll tell you, right? Okay, let's do this. Let's take it. Hit the here. Let you know. Let, let's move in this direction. And before you know it, you'll have web devs that want to help you out. People want to you know give up their time. This is just how. I've seen it happen so many different times. Um, what was your wife thinking when, first of all, you're like, huh, here's this Forex opportunity. Like what, What? I mean, it, had you been looking at that as well? What we, I'm trying to figure out what was your like day-to-day before you found that arbitrage opportunity and changed your life? I... I was into um, um, commercial industrial property. Um, so um, my father is a property developer in, in Cape Town. And I started working with him when I got out of school. So I was in that industry for about uh, for almost 15 years. Um, and I think it was 2000, right around, around that time, it could have been end of 2017, maybe early 2018, the, um, the South African government announced um, a new bill, um, property expropriation without compensation bill. And that sent immense shockwaves through the property industry in South Africa. Um, a lot of big players and guys got scared and immediately sold, changed the entire landscape. And at that stage, I, was, I also thought um, it might not be um, the best place to be in long term. And I was starting to look around for something else to like kind of pivot my career into. And that, uh, that looked like a good opportunity. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, now in retrospect, um, that bill was almost like Brexit. I mean, it was announced and they've never really acted on it or did anything. It's still just like in limbo. Um, but just the, um, you know, just the news or the announcement already made, made a huge impact. Man, bureaucrats, they like to uh, they like to do these things. So a year and a half then trading this arbitrage opportunity, um, that, that's that's a huge change for you, right? But then all of a sudden you pick up the Bitcoin standard and you start going through the mind virus. And again, like this is a huge change, as we all know. And we've all experienced like the significant other you know, you, your husband or wife, depending whether you are, whoever's going down the rabbit hole, right? The other person is just looking at you like a crazy, crazy dude. What, um, <laughs> yeah, what, like, she, she must have been thinking, what the hell? Like, 18 months ago, he was working at his father's corporation. Uh, now he's trading, you know, US dollars into Bitcoin and making a 5% arbitrage every day, like Wolf of Wall Street. And now all of a sudden he's an Austrian economics student and uh, <laughs> hanging out with these freaks twice a week talking about like, <laughs> it's, it must've been a strange, a strange time for, uh, for her as well to see you go through these changes. Yeah, no, it definitely was. Uh, luckily, um, 
uh, she she's also quite quite interested in 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 many of these concepts um and um she listened to um your and Saifedin's um discussion regarding the school the schooling mm. um those two episodes she really enjoyed that and um um actually after, after that <laughs> we were sitting um we were having dinner with with people and all of a sudden she was started speaking to them about Bitcoin and how ridiculous um, government schooling is. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, she's, uh, but luckily she, or she, she backs me uh, like a hundred percent. And um, um, we, are, we have a, a small baby now, seven month old um, boy. Um, so it's been, a, it's been quite a wild ride um, the last, the last five years. Wow, man. Yeah. Holy shit. So you got a whole pregnancy in there as well yeah <laughs> yeah well very very busy times well congratulations how how did everything go was that uh was that all okay yeah yeah everything went perfect um no complaints just uh, i think everyone that's new parents always complain about the sleep and that has really been a huge problem for me and for my wife <laughs> yeah yeah it's, but it's much better now uh, there's where there was a period between three and five months that we I, I, I started to almost regret my decision, to, but I'm much better now. It's, 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 it's really awesome now. Yeah. yeah I, that's one thing that gets underplayed a huge amount. Like um, when I remember when we were expecting our first, people would say, oh yeah, well, good luck with the sleep and all of that. And you'd be like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, you know, whatever you get over it. Right. And then you realize like how debilitating sleep deprivation truly is and there's and there's nothing you can do and it's just absolutely and then when the twins when we had the twins oh my god that was just something else that was, <laughs> i i honestly i think i was hallucinating at work most days just just through sleep deprivation because you'd be up at all hours of the night just trying to get one of them back to sleep and hoping it wouldn't wake up the other uh yeah pretty bad yeah but i think your your body does um adapt to a certain extent to 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 to, the, to less sleep um so there's there must be some kind of biological thing that helps parents <laughs> to cope because <laughs> I, I can feel sorry I sorry can... to interrupt I, I just thought do you think you're 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 coming at childbirth and, ch and um parenting differently now through a bitcoin kind of mindset than you would have done if you'd never found Bitcoin? Definitely. If I haven't, didn't find Bitcoin, I, I often think about what my life would have been like. I, I don't, I, I think I probably would have been more hesitant to, to, to have children. Um, I mean, before, even before I found Bitcoin, I, I I'm uh, quite like, a, uh, I've quite far libertarian views. So I mean, there wasn't a lot of hope before before Bitcoin. Hmm. Um, I mean, they, we had gold, but gold advocates have been complaining and just saying and trying and jumping up and down for 50 years already. And it didn't seem like anything's gonna happen there. But Bitcoin is just such a easy and cool way out of fiat shenanigans and government age money <laughs> it's uh it and especially for i think people of of of, of my generation people between 25 and 40 um it's cool and easy to 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 get involved um and to kind of opt out if you, if you just have faith, have the faith yeah man yeah oh it's so um yeah, it's one thing that I've uh, the, the feedback I get from people when I go around um, to these conferences, and I get younger people come up to me and just um, talk about like this idea of never never sending their kids to a government school because of the uh, podcast that they've listened to, the guests that have been on the show talking about it. It's so bullish for me. It's because and, and like a lot of them have even said that like you, they'd even considered not having kids because of the lack of hope and because they just didn't want to bring them into um this this kind of like just fuckery basically for for want of a better word but now they have bitcoin and the hope and they see everything completely differently 
Now they want to start a family. Well, they want to find a significant other. Then they want to start a family and they want to have tons of kids, not like one or two, right? They want to have four or five and then they want to homestead and then they want to make sure that um, they never get indoctrinated by the state and they're not going to send them to one of these uh, gulag state school prisons, basically. And it's like, damn, that's incredible. Just to think that a network can do that to, to somebody's mind is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's that that that's incredible. It's um it's I mean it's the same for me. I mean, just I mean, sitting in South Africa, um, I mean you probably know our the circumstances here isn't um, ideal for growth and job opportunities and stuff like that. And I mean, just the, the, the possibility of being able to work and get paid in compared to the rand, a hot currency, Bitcoin is already uh, much, almost anyone in South Africa would accept Bitcoin rather than um, our local shitcoin. So, I mean, just the, that, those possibilities, just the fact that it exists is, uh, is, is, is incredible. And um, um, me being part of the Bitcoin and um, South African community, there's a lot of people that have managed to, 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 to opt out of um, the fiat shitcoinery and are building quite amazing stuff um, like down here in, in, in the southern tip of Africa. Give us the... Um... For those of us that have never visited, you know what what's how's it changed over the last uh, five to ten years, South Africa, and what uh, in your mind, um, yeah, where's it going? Do do, do you because you know what are they going to keep doing with the local currency there, and what's the local political landscape? I, I have zero idea of of what's going on there. So, I mean, we, we, in South Africa, the the ruling. Um, government party the ANC they are um they have, in the previous election they just not, they just just didn't get a majority vote but they've been um in in control since 1994 and they they're quite comfortable um they they get the vote no matter what they do so they've been doing as little as possible and raising tax and looting for the past uh, 30 years and it's just like a slow, slow decline, more potholes, less electricity, less um, all, all infrastructure is just slowly, slowly degenerating and declining into nothing, which isn't that bad. At least they're not um, 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 capable and evil. <laughs> um, but I, I, I mean, if yeah, so, 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 so even the police service and the, and the, 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 the standing um, army, everything is um, just dilapidating into, into almost like nothing. And um, a, a lot of private um, projects have risen up and taken over the job that the, that the, the government should have been doing, um, fixing the roads, um, um, supplying private electricity, um, cleaning, stuff like that, all um, community projects. And that is, um, Quite, 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 quite nice to see. Um, and I think the the rest of the world um, can can learn a lot from that because I think um, a lot of other countries are slowly going in the same way that 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 we'll that we've been going for the last uh, thirty years. But then um, the Western Cape, which is the southernmost province of of South Africa, um, and Cape Town is the, the 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 main city in the Western Cape. We um, our local um, um, provincial government is 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 a different political party. So things are going a bit better here than in the rest of the country. Um, at, in, in the Western Cape, we, uh, it's still clean and infrastructure still works. And, um, so, and we're having a massive semigration of all capable people moving to the Western Cape from the rest of the country. So I'm not exactly sure about the statistics, but I mean, I think um, the Western Cape's population grows by almost 800,000 to a million people per year. Um, and there's a lot of people from the rest of Africa here as well, um, Zimbabwe and Malawi and Mozambican people. Um, and because all the job opportunities, everything's moving, moving to the Western Cape. So, so in the Western Cape is still going reasonably well compared to the rest of the country, where in many areas, uh, the shit is literally flowing in the streets. Hmm. 
Man. All right. So and what what are the job opportunities in the Western Cape? What's kind of like the main draw there? Is it is it tech heavy or is it finance or a mix yeah, of everything? A little, little bit of everything. We we have we have decent a decent tourism industry. We have um uh, a, a, quite a large agricultural industry, um some or a lot of uh manufacturing is moving down down here now. Um it's Captain didn't it, it wasn't historically a huge manufacturing hub, but um um, a lot of um, um, manufacturers moving down from the rest of the country to here. And then we have a, um, obviously, um, so Cape Town used to be the, the tuck shop <laughs> when you go around Africa to, to India <laughs> from, from, from Europe. So um, there's still a, a, a lot of logistic um, opportunities and stuff like that. Um, and then we also have a, a, a small but like rapidly growing tech sector and industry, a lot of startups and and things like that. But um, the tourist industry is quite quite big. There's a lot of restaurants and hotels and stuff here. Okay. Have you, I mean, like many people around the world, Bitcoiners in particular, thought about moving jurisdiction, doing the flag theory thing, getting out of town, getting to El Salvador, or is or are things not that bad? What what's your personal kind of situation? <laughs> Well, no, um, I think ideally, um, I think this, this South African currency and everything is uh, exceptionally um, under, uh, well, wildly under, under um, um, priced. So um, everything here, if, if you, if you guys come from Europe to, to, to Cape Town, you'll be, you'll be astounded at how ridiculously cheap everything is, um, especially food and stuff, food and mm -hmm. drink. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, just to give you an idea, there's a restaurant not far from my house. It's a, it's a nice, it's, it's a decent place. Um, and um, they had a special now last week where it was uh, 70 Rand for a steak and chips. So uh, you can think that that's about, that's less than three, three euros. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> so for a 300 gram rump and chips, I mean, that's in a restaurant, that's insane how cheap that is. Um, so I mean, you, uh, okay, admittedly, that's that is um, cheap for here as well. You you would normally pay double that, but um, in a in a in in a touristy location. But but I mean, that's still it's it's super affordable. I think um, for people um, for people, especially in Cape Town, where it's still livable, um, to earn Bitcoin or euros or dollars and live here is is you can't get better than that. Huh. Right. Okay. So yeah, if you work there remotely and you're getting paid in sterling dollars, euro, or maybe even another currency from uh, Australian dollar, honky or whatever, then you're living like a king pretty much. Yeah. Oh. It's, and uh, it's, stacking it's Bitcoin. Good. Yeah. So at this stage, it's not nearly bad enough yet. It's still, it's, 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 it's actually Western Cape, the whole Western Cape's still quite nice. It's as long as you stick to the um, big areas and don't go into um, dodgy areas and at night. Um, crime isn't a problem, mm -hmm. and um, it's beautiful here. I mean, you've probably seen that we have, we have ex exceptional scenery, a lot of activities, wine routes, um, diving, surfing. Yeah, it's 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 great here. How much? For the average pleb, would it cost for them to come and rent an Airbnb? I know you're not fully up and running yet, but if you know, let's just use Airbnb. Let's just dip into Fiat World. I'm just thinking now for those people that are doing the flag theory, then digital nomads, those people that want to, that can you know use that geographical arbitrage, be paid in a better currency, live in a country with a weaker currency, really drive down the cost of their living expenses. So it gives them more money to stack more Bitcoin with. Uh, how much is like a, an apartment to rent, you know, one or two bedroom? So, well, that varies widely um, depending on how luxurious you want to go. But I mean, you can you can get away with $50 a night. Um, hmm. But if a small, like very nice upper class, like four star place, you'll look at like $80 to $100 um, for, for, for two people. Okay. And if somebody yeah, wanted to I, come and live for a year or two, do you have any idea like, uh, you know, a one-year contract might set them back? 
so you will you will be able to to rent a very smart um like two bedroom place in a in a exceptionally good location um for about i would say twenty five thousand rand um which would be like say maybe a thousand dollars maybe maybe a thousand two hundred um per month man i i reckon a lot of people are probably listening to this thinking huh all right i mean why wouldn't you right that's uh yeah, and, you, and, and you would be able to get away with a lot a lot cheaper than that if you're if you're going to to, to a smaller town um not in the city and there's a lot of small coastal towns around the western cape over there you'll you can you, you can probably um rent a, a, a three-bedroom house for i would say about about six hundred dollars are there um, visa restrictions? Can can people only come for a certain amount of time, or that? Yeah, um, I think I think three months at a time without the, without a problem, and um, and I think if you want to stay longer than a year, um, a lot of people have run ran into problems with that. But you can do three months, and I think I'm speaking under correction, I think you can do three months, go out and come back in, and do another three months up until a year. Hmm. Damn man, there's opportunities. That's for sure. All right. Well, yeah. But about... People, people are listening to this. Um, book now already and come down for the for the conference in January. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is the, that's the best place to get. You know, the best way January because the be- it'll be beautiful weather as well. Yeah, it's in the middle of our summer. It's in the January. Weather is usually usually quite good, and then you can get out of the winter there in Europe. All those northern hemisphere plebs that are just down in the dumps. January's just the worst here, man. Like it's <laughs> so bad. January and February, yeah, they they just roll into like just. Ugh. That's why we want to be gone. That's why you know we, we're hoping, planning to be in Thailand because we just want to get out. It's just so dark, so wet, so miserable. Everybody is miserable. You know, it, it's <laughs> even though you know you, you've checked out a fiat world everybody else around you is still checked into fiat world right so you can't go out even in the town where we live everything shuts down um it, all the bars and restaurants just close there's there's nothing to do nowhere to go and uh, yeah it's just so depressing so getting out of town for us would be uh, a huge boost and for anybody listening now that they've got this opportunity just to come down and say huh you know what Let's go check out South Africa. Let's go to the conference. Let's um, let's go for you know three weeks. Let's uh, I'll work remotely. I'll figure something out with my boss. That's um, yeah, what huge. It, it just changes everything about your life. The problem most people will have is that oh, I can't take the kids out of school. Well, they shouldn't be in school in the fucking first place. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> if we're doing them a favor to to, to take them out of school for a while (laughs) that's it's such a stumbling block for people uh, especially in the uk you know they fine you if you take your kids out of school during term time i mean incredible what is going on and and how have people let that creep you know that 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 creep up into like everyday life it's like yeah if you take your kids out of school just one or two days early because you can get those flights a lot cheaper if you do that, then you're, you're gonna, we're going to fine you. It's like 60 quid a day or something. And it's like, it just who on earth has the right to do that? That's unbelievable. But that's just what, that's just the way it is. Incredible that something like that exists. It just blows my mind. It's, it's the same with, uh, I mean, another thing that also blows my mind is the, the fact that the Bitcoin and the network exists and it's possible to transact with it for free with anyone in the world. But yet everyone is sitting there not using it, still using fiat, paying three and four percent for international transaction fees. I mean, how insane is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is sitting there right right there, but you're not using it. <laughs> I, I experienced that actually a few weeks back. We went to the UK for the Bitcoin Adventure Weekend at uh, the Avon Valley adventure park um and it pissed with rain the whole three days in the middle of july you know as it does uh when it should be beautiful sunshine and summer um and everywhere we went in the uk was card only i couldn't believe it we took the bus it was card only we we went to um 
this uh, farm shop just to get uh, some some lunch card only. And uh, adjoining the card, uh, the, the farm shop was um, uh, their local meat and butchery and whatever else, all local fresh produce. And yes, let's get the uh, the supplies we need for the next three days. Card only. Wow, this creep. This isn't even a creep anymore. Like this is this is a, a you know a, a tsunami of killing cash agenda and you you can't fathom you're like what are they doing to your point so you're taking away my right to be able to pay in cash as a customer you're now giving me less options of how to transact in your store whereas this other thing over here bitcoin which is going to not cost you 50 grand a month to use out of your overhead, you know, out of your profit, because that you know the Visa and the Mastercard payments are a direct overhead to a business, and you're not even considering it. It's just madness. We're we're at, we're at the point now where it's just like, guys, seriously, wake up. Yeah, but um, you know, about the cash, um, South Africa will be a good example for 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 Europe and America regarding that as well. So. Over here, a lot of people are unbanked. A lot of people are still, are still using cash, but they're not officially against cash or phasing it out or anything. They're just not um, creating new denomination of higher notes as inflation goes on. So the last time that South Africa had a new note was a 200 rand note. It was before, just after 1994. So now it's 30 years later. Back then, 2000 with, with with five 200 run notes you could live for a month now you can buy three coffees basically <laughs> so 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 i mean they're just not gonna bring out a higher denomination for the next 15 years and then it will be impossible to use cash because you'll have to have a suitcase just to buy anything right. full of cash and i think the rest of the world is just going to do that as well it's, there's never going to be a just an announcement you're not allowed to use cash anymore it's just going to phase it into into um phase it out by by inflating and not creating higher note denominations this is what india um, are doing as well right yeah but but i think they they announced um uh that they killed some of the higher denominations mm-hmm. or announced some some notes aren't allowed anymore something like yeah. that i mean that creates tension and this trust in in the people while the other way they can just let it die slowly who would have imagined that if you fuck with the money people get a little bit upset (laughs) (laughs) who would have thought that and here what we have going on uh, at the ecb right now european central bank i don't know if you follow their twitter feed i have to follow it just for the clown show uh they're they're bringing out the new notes they're like, let us know which color you want it to be. And you've got Christine Lagarde on there like, uh, do you want it green? Do you want it blue? We want to hear from you today at the ECB. You're like, what is this? Oh, my God. Like, you're gaslighting people into believing that, like, they, they've got a say in what their money looks like. And, and then they have, like, the signing ceremony where she gets up there and signs this huge, great big... 20 euro note this is what it's going to look like my signature is going to go right here like oh man you know they're really they've lost the plot man it's just unbelievable yeah even by south african standards i mean i i couldn't believe it when i heard that um, mrs lagarde was a convicted criminal right how is it possible that you're convicted criminal for fraud and you're you're the head of the European Central Bank. Shouldn't shouldn't that disallow you from standing to be the head in the first place? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you and you, yeah, I mean, that is so stark, right? Because <laughs> you coming from South Africa where you've probably been surrounded by a lot of corruption um politically uh you know around you not just in your own province but like the the whole uh country um to then look at the clown show that is europe that is supposed to be you know in air quotes the leading indicator of great western democracy and you know it's i'm so glad that you you see through the facade because 
to your point, yes, Christine Lagarde was found guilty in the in the in the courts, right? Like you know, she was brought to court, tried and convicted, found guilty for uh, what did they call it? Negligence in air quotes again. Um, for aiding and abetting the embezzlement of something like 450 million euros into the pockets of one of uh, the ex-president Sarkozy's business aides, right? Found guilty, hand in the cookie jar. There you go. <laughs> so should have faced either a huge fine or a prison term. Instead faced, let's promote you to the head of the European Central Bank instead of the IMF. <laughs> like, what? So if like, if nobody can see that maybe, maybe there is an invisible hand at play here that might or might not have bribed the judge to, you know, like, uh, water down the, um, the punishment to zero and may or may not have forced her into that position and may or may not be controlling everything she does or says from that point forward. But, you know, that's just a conspiracy theorist talking here. We don't yeah. listen to those guys. But um, the rest of Europe, um, I, I'm sure um, that your politicians are looking to South Africa for um, how, how to do it. Um, so what happens here is um, they basically do and steal and fraud and pay out whatever they want from the from the government coffers to to, the, to themselves and to the cronies and then what usually happens is um um they just uh, they just appoint a commission to 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 investigate then the commission runs for three to four years and then they usually either um um find nothing or they do find something but then they recommend to the um to the state prosecutor what they should do. And then the state prosecutor just also does nothing. <laughs> but then eventually when you do get caught and they say, okay, if you if you're if you're too too um blatant with your with your dealings, then they just put you on um oh, sorry. That's all right. They just put you on um, paid leave and they there's politicians in South Africa that's on like three, four years paid leave <laughs> oh my God. Um, while they investigate or whatever. And that, that's the, just the way they um, uh, uh, operate here. And no, I don't think there's any politician that's ever had to pay back a cent or has got, like, gone to jail for, for anything. They just, uh, that, they just uh, get away with it like that. And they're the people in charge of the monetary decisions, monetary policy, and uh, everything else, the tax creep, right? Yep. That, um, that we ultimately end up having to work harder and longer hours for that piece of shit paper. <laughs> so this is why we Bitcoin, folks. This is exactly why we do that. Mate, i got to ask you the final question. Um, if you had one last orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give that to and why? I knew you were going to ask this. So I, I, I've been thinking about it beforehand. <laughs> but um, so, I mean, thinking long and hard, I mean, you have to give it to whoever it's going to make the greatest impact. I think someone has said this before, but I mean, I would probably give it either to Putin or Xi or maybe Elon. Between the three of them, I think um, if one of them became Orange Bull, it could have a huge impact. Um, Definitely not Biden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, how can people come and find you? And uh, if they want to learn more about airbtc.online or can maybe help out in some way, what's the best way to, uh, to get in touch? Um, so airbtc.online, we're on Orange Pill app. Um, we're also on Twitter. Um, it's LBTC online, um, the handle. And my personal Twitter account is Andre um, V at, um, no, just at Andre V. And then they can also email me, um, Andre at LBTC.online. Okay, excellent, man. Well, appreciate you coming on and uh, building. I really appreciate you building and, and putting yourself out there. And, you know, yeah, like, uh, like you said, it's so important that we step up and, and add to this circular economy and 
build it out as much as we can. And I think, honestly, mate, this is going to go really, really well. And fingers crossed people reach out and uh, show some interest. Yeah, thank you so much, Daniel. It's been a pleasure. No problem, man. Catch you soon. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Andre, again, for coming on the show. And thank you, more importantly, for building. Get over to uh, to the website, guys. Go and check it out and see if this is uh, something that um, that you can use or you can add value to. Uh, I've got a list our property on there as well. No excuses. I should have done that already. Get over to airbtc.online and check out this project. See how you can um, start traveling. Do you have a property that you could add yourself? Is this something that has interested you? And uh, I, I love the... The, the, the objections that uh, that Andre was getting, like you know, the, the classic, oh well, if uh, if Airbnb just start accepting Bitcoin, is going to kill your project. I mean, come on, guys, like no way. That's not the way Bitcoiners are. That's not the way Bitcoiners think. Bitcoiners want to support Bitcoin-only businesses and businesses that have been built especially by the plebs for the plebs and and this is a common recurring theme that I see around the whole community when I speak to people that have started accepting Bitcoin at their place of business or for their services they just get overwhelmed with the support that comes from the community and just this weekend at Lugano the uh, the Plan B conference Mark Guillard from the Princess Hotel just outside of Stuttgart gave a, a 30 minute presentation about like the difference it made to their business and how the plebs have come together and there's gonna be a whole, that they, they run like week long events there now. They're not conferences, they're not big enough to be conferences, but anywhere between 50 to 150 people, he, he's got Bitcoiners coming through and this is now like the, a core base of their business. So if you're not building a business or not supporting a business in Bitcoin, you're not doing it right because they are plenty out there and more coming it's just a matter of finding them and i hope podcasts like this go a long way to getting the the message out there so reach out to andre if there's anything that you can add here we would love to hear from you get down to the conference in south africa learn more about that um i'm sure there's information up on that about the uh on, on the interwebs at the moment like i said january in the sunshine that could be a, a very interesting uh invitation uh, get yourself down there and of course bitcoin atlantis in march first to the third of march shaping up to be a great conference glad to be part of the free madeira team that are helping put that together and attract some of the speakers we're taking the whole family i know a bunch of other plebs are taking a family too so make sure you bring the kids there will be a kids little staging area we will have some panels with kids or hosted by kids this is going to be another theme coming up in 2024 at conferences around the world been having some very interesting conversations especially with the Prague organizers who are thinking along these terms as well and hopefully uh, Plan B Lugano will even integrate uh, like a, a kids area as well I mean who do we need to educate the most join Orange Pilat guys find your plebs stack your sats you know where to go swan hodl hodl and relay up your privacy with wasabi Use mempool to track your transactions and take cold storage with your Bitbox O2. All links are in the show notes. Sorry I run out of money. Uh, out of money. <laughs> I've run out of fiat money. Sorry I run out of the music there. Take care. Catch you on the next show.